come and clean all the secrets he has kept from her so long were finally known her big mistake that one regret that haunts her to this day it just won't fade so many different stories we thought could not be redeemed but it's against our darkest failures we start to see the beauty of the blood the goodness of this grace the mercy undeserved that could never be explained heaven's best takes all the scars for the worst in all of us it's the glory of the cross the wonder of his love that's the beauty of the blood what a thought just a single drop forever wiped away our every stain and with its power every chain that held us now lies at our feet and we stand free that's the beauty of the blood the goodness of this grace the mercy undeserved that could never be explained heaven's best takes all the scars for the worst in all of us that's the glory of the cross the wonder of his love that's the beauty of the blood forever changed i stand amazed by everything it does that's the beauty of the blood the goodness of this grace the mercy undeserved that could never be explained heaven's best takes all the scut scars for the worst in all of us that's the glory of the cross the wonder of his love that's the glory of the cross the wonder of his love that's the beauty of the blood that's the beauty of the blood the beauty of the blood as without the shedding of blood there is no remission and so many, so many have gotten away for, from uh, teaching and preaching about the blood, singing the songs about the blood. Um, but if it wasn't for the shed blood of Christ, we would still be dead in our trespasses and sins. And so thankful for that. All right, keep your Bibles out here, the book of Proverbs. And four weeks ago, we started a series entitled 
They call it home. They call it home. And with that, we've just been going through uh, different areas of the home, and, and God has given us a relationship of home so we can understand the relationship with him. He is our heavenly father, all right? So with that, if Christ, if God be in our heavenly father, uh, and we, we look at this, uh, Jesus Christ, the very son of God, uh, and we, we see this relationship, and the Lord uses this not just so we can have a family, not just so we can have a family unit, but also so we can understand who God is and the relationship he wants to have with us. And so here we looked at several things about the home, and the home is under attack in our country. It is absolutely under attack. And the Lord is the answer for it all. Washington, D.C. is not the answer. Sacramento is definitely not the answer. The gospel is the answer. But with that, we have got to make sure that we are handing our faith off and we are building strong homes. The Bible says that the, the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. So foundationally, the truth being handed off generationally, that is given to the church. And if the church is not strong, then truth is going to fall in the streets. And we will experience another dark age uh, as has been in the past. So uh, week one, we looked at it, it begins with you. Personal responsibility. That's something that's not taught anymore, is it? Uh, the world has rejected personal responsibility. Everybody is looking to somebody else or for somebody else to blame. And you know what? We've got to own our own stuff. We've got to own our own stuff. We can't just blame somebody else. And parents... If we are looking to blame somebody else, our kids are going to do likewise. When we make a mistake, own it. Be honest. That integrity is so important. So it begins with you. Number two, the second week, the teaching and training and uh, just uh, the importance of teaching. It is not osmosis that will raise a child. The society around us definitely is not going to raise our children for, for God. That responsibility is given to us, the teaching and training. As parents, uh, it is your responsibility. Just this last week, our president got, got up and said that there is no such thing as your children. He is saying that the children belong to the community, to the government. And let me tell you, that is dangerous. That's dangerous. They are coming after our kids. It's a reality. If you don't think it's a reality, you need to get your head out of the sand. Because they're coming after the kids. You, you should... Do a little research on the books that they are putting into the public school system right now. 
Unbelievable. It's, it's shameful. I've got an article sitting on my desk. I could not even begin to tell you what's in these books because it is, it's almost pornographic, or really it is pornographic. And we're talking about elementary age school libraries. It is, it is unbelievable what is going on in the world around us. So uh, it begins with you teaching and training. Uh, last week we looked at the instruction of a parent, and tonight I want to look at the correction of a parent. The correction of a parent. And with that, not correcting the parent, but the correction that should come from the parent. There has to be correction. There has to be correction. The whole idea of not spanking your children, look at the society that embraced that. It, it hasn't turned out well. So here when we look in the, the scripture tonight, I, wanna, I just want to help us. We have, we have grandparents that are here. You say, well, they're not my kids now. You still can help instruct your child to help your grandchildren. And there are other young families that need somebody, to, they need some grandmas to come alongside and help them. The Bible says for the older women to teach the younger women. And so with that, just having that, that instruction. And so uh, there are some things that uh, we, we're going to look at tonight. And so let's go back to Proverbs 23 and verse number 12. The Bible says, apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears unto the words of knowledge. So here God is saying, you need to do something with this information I am going to give to you. You have to apply your heart to that instruction. That means that the instruction has been given, but you have to take and apply your heart to receive that instruction. All right, apply thine ears to the words of knowledge. So now, having ears to hear. So we've got to be listening, not just having knowledge transfer, but listening. So we are grabbing a hold of the truths here. Verse 13, he says, withhold not correction from the child. Let's read that together. You ready? Withhold not correction from the child. Let's read that again. Withhold not correction from the child. All right? The word withhold there, it's to keep back something. To keep back something. When something is withheld, there was something that was to be given or something that was, ha, has been earned. So something has been earned, something should have been given, and God says don't withhold what was earned. And what was that? Correction. Correction. And so uh, we need to have that correction. The correction, the word correction there, it's the act of correcting, the act of bringing back from error or deviation. Uh, it means that you're getting off track and you need to bring back uh, into a order of where it should be uh, to a just standard as to truth, 
justice or propriety. So something begins to get off track. And so with that correction, it is not punitive. It is not injurious. It is to be corrective. We don't, we don't correct our children because we hate our children. You correct your children because you love them. You don't want them to go off. You don't want them to get away from truth. You don't want them to deviate uh, from what truth is, what is just, right, and proper. So what is the tool of correction in our passage of Scripture? It was the rod. Uh, the word rod is shebet. And, and what that, that word there, it was a stick. It was for walking, ruling, correcting, fighting. In context here, it was a tool of discipline. It was a tool to, uh, to correct. Uh, when I was in school, uh, there's no longer such a thing as corporal punishment. But when I was in the school, uh, there was a paddle that every principal had. All right. And I knew every paddle of every school uh, when I was in school. I, uh, I had met uh, each and every one of them. Uh, and we had had some relationship. Uh, it wasn't always a fond relationship. Uh, I remember when I was in sixth or fifth grade, uh, I got swats from the PE teacher. The PE teacher's paddle was a baseball bat cut in half. You had to grab your ankles, and three times I caught myself in the wall. Now, I think there are some things that are just too far. That one was on the too far edge, but you know what? I never gave him another problem. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. And I'm not saying that we have to go to that extent. I am just saying, correction, there is a purpose in it. You know what's happening right now in our streets? We're having teenagers that are, uh, just this last week, we had a man, his wife, uh, beat, and a little six-year-old six shot. And it was a group of teenagers in Chicago, and the mayor of Chicago got up and said, don't demonize these kids. You know what's happened? There is no consequence they know that whatever that they do, there are no consequences. That's why, uh, that's why when you go down to San Francisco now, uh, Target is putting every, every item that is, that is uh, uh, health care uh, or personal hygiene, every single item has to be unlocked. How many of you go to the store and you have to wait for somebody to open something up? Isn't that terrible? You know why that is? Because there's no consequence. Somebody can go in, they have legalized shoplifting. No consequence. No correction. And if there is not correction, then what happens? It continually gets worse. You know, mom and dad, if your child uh, is not corrected in the home, what happens when they're out on the streets? We, we think, well, my kids will never do that. 
I know a young person came to our church, went through our uh, youth department, murdered one of other, our other teenagers. Murdered. Buried, cut the floor open, hid the body underneath, went out helping us look for this teenager that was missing. He's still in prison today. Somebody that grew up in a church, grew up in church, went to a Christian school. This idea that it won't happen to my kids, it's not real. The only thing that is going to keep our kids from doing wrong is teaching them truth. They have got to understand God's ways. When they understand God's ways, man, who cares what who cares what the speed limit is? Who cares what the laws of the land are? They're not going to be a problem for them. Why? Because they're already following a standard that is so much higher. They're not going to, to be at a spot where uh, they're going to be uh, looked at or uh, potentially uh, being arrested and uh, breaking the, the laws of the land. So, so we need to make sure that we are following God's, uh, God's plan. But it comes to parents. Facebook and YouTube are not the instruction books for child rearing. Amen. Google is not the best place to find instruction on child rearing. It's right there. And it works. It works. Is it easy? No. Where's he at? He's right there. Out of the three, David was the hardest. He had the hard head. We were right there. Same. And with that, he'd go to pull something, and I'd, most of the time I'd catch him. Deb's prayer was that all of our kids would get caught when they did wrong. Why? Because consequences change actions. And, and with that, sometimes we don't want to address it because it's just a reflection of who we are. Maybe things that we have done that we have not dealt with. Maybe we, we are just not looking at truth correctly, but uh, the action, that correction, the rod, uh, it is what God has given. Uh, verse 13, he says, if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. It, it, is, it is God's plan for correction. Now, we're not talking about child abuse. Absolutely not. We're not talking about child abuse. But there should be correction. And there needs to be 
correction that will help them. Why? Uh, because you want to deliver their soul. Mom and dad, if they do not respect and honor you, who they can see, what makes us think that they will respect and honor God, whom they cannot? That's what this is about. It's not just about getting them through school and through college and having a good job. That's not what this is about. This is about teaching them to have a relationship with God. This is about helping them enjoy and to become that person that God has designed for them to be. God has a plan for every one of us. And God has a plan for our children. So here we have uh, this uh, tool of cor correction, which was the rod. Uh, the action of correction was the application of the rod. Uh, the, the, uh, you apply the board of education to the seat of learning, and it works. And that used to be normal. You know, the greatest generation, this was normal. Correction, discipline, respect, honor. That was just, that was normal. But somewhere in the, in, along the line, we have minimized that. I don't want to hurt my child's psyche. It's not about their psyche. It's about their soul. It's about their soul. And we, we want to help them. And that's what God uh, tells us. So uh, the Bible says, if thou beatest him with the rod. Now the word beat, it means to strike. And it is lightly or severely. It is to strike lightly or severely. It is not, it doesn't give a, 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 an amount here. Uh, but it's the purpose is corrective. It's not punitive. Uh, it's not, uh, it is not abuse, uh, but correction. It is the act of bringing back from error or deviation to a just standard. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look at verse number 5. Hebrews 12, 5. The Bible says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto what? Children. So again, we have the family unit being addressed. And now he is speaking to adults as children. Children of who? Children of God, as unto children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he, what? Chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now, scourge. Now, where do we hear about that? The scourge was part of crucifixion. What do we find? We have the chastening and we have a whole difference in the level of chastening based on what is going on. And I'm not talking about beating our kids to where they're uh, bleeding. That is definitely not uh, the case and not beating at all should not be the case. Uh, but here he says, uh, for whom the Lord loveth, 
He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are your bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reference. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily, for a few days, chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless. Afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. What do we find? We find here that God chastens his children. He chastens his children. He chastens his children. If you are a child of God uh, and you are, when you do wrong, there should be chastening going on. If there isn't correction going on in your life from the Lord, I would doubt that you are a child of God. The Bible says that, uh, that uh, uh, if we, uh, we, we should receive that chastening, he says, if you are without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye, are ye bastards and not sons. He is saying, if you are not receiving chastening, then you are illegitimate. You are not a child of God. You are in name only. Now, what, what gave me the, the greatest assurance of my salvation is this verse right here. Why? Because when I do something wrong, the Lord gets me. He convicts me. He chastens me. He gets my attention. And it has been like that since I got saved. And with that, the chastening of the Lord. Now, if God does that with us, he expects us to do that with our children. Why? So it keeps them in line. And it is not joyous, no, chaste, now ch no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So the chasten there is the word paydu, and it, it is to train up a child, to educate, uh, to discipline by punishment, to instruct, to learn, to teach. So God starts with telling us that we are his children and that he will treat us as such. Uh, since we are his children, he will chasten us. We will be rebuked. We will be uh, scourged if we do not receive the chastening. And that is in our relationship as adults, all right? And so with that, uh, then we need to make sure that we are chastening. But you say, Pastor, uh, my child, uh, don't, they don't need to be chastened. I haven't met one yet. You see, that, that spanking 
is that chastening. He says, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers. If all of God's children are chastened, that means that all of God's children need chastening. If the instruction is to chasten our children, that means that all children need chastening. Amen. So if God chastens all of his children, it seems uh, reasonable that all children need to be chastened or corrected. Uh, Verse number 10 of Hebrews 12, he says, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit. Now, notice here, it talks about uh, the, the fathers. We have had fathers who have chastened us. It says, and they for their pleasure. Now, I don't think that he is telling us that the, the parents have chastened the kids because they got joy out of it. I think what, what he's talking about is they chastened them because they were embarrassed. It was based on how they were perceived as parents, not based on the, the need of the child. You know, when chastening takes place, it shouldn't be because you got embarrassed. How many of your, your children have embarrassed you? Both my hands are up. <laughs> yes, of course. I remember one time we were in a store, David, he was probably maybe three, and anyway, this, this guy comes in, and he's got a ponytail down to, his, down to his waist, and David said, look, Dad, he's got girl hair. They never say stuff like that quiet, do they? And the guy turned around and looked at us and we're like, <laughs> what do you want us to say? Uh, but, but here, I mean, he, he, he said something. He wasn't wrong. But the, the reality is there are times that kids will embarrass us. You have everybody together, and one of them throws an absolute fit. Complete meltdown. In the middle of a store. You know, you're grocery shopping, and all of a sudden, it just goes sideways. Deb would just stop. I didn't go grocery shopping, so I was, I was saved from those. But she would, uh, she'd take the kids out of the cart. She would leave an entire full cart and even go home so she could correct the problem. Man. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes I'm embarrassed for parents. I'm embarrassed for other people. 
And so here, uh, but he, he talks about they did it for, uh, but God, uh, they chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit. He for our profit. God corrects us for our profit. This is the model. The model isn't about us uh, just trying not to be embarrassed. Uh, the model is that we are correcting them from behavior, from deviation, from what is right, true, uh, appropriate. And now uh, when they deviate, all we are trying to do is get them back into line of what is right. We're trying to correct the error. He for our profit. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth joyous, uh, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Parents, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that peaceable fruit of righteousness. Uh, unrighteous behavior is, is that result if we are not correcting now, there comes a time when everybody has their own free will, uh, but while we have that opportunity to correct, it needs to happen. Uh, so it is for our profit, so we can be partakers of his holiness. We correct the unholy actions. He chastens us for unholy actions, so we can be partakers of his holiness. Uh, the fruit of the correction is that peaceable fruit of righteousness. So uh, with that then, we have this discipline that need, needs to take place. And, and with that, uh, several things. Number one, make rules and expectations clear and plain. Make rules and expectations clear and plain. It's not fair to the children if they don't know what the rules are. There should, there should be rules in your household. We had, we had rules. We had a list of rules. And those rules not only had what was expected, there were also punishments that were listed with each one. So there needs to be rules and expectations. Fighting, biting, hitting, spitting, lying, direct disobedience, uh, disrespect, not making their bed, not doing their chores, yelling, speaking unkind, uh, inappropriate words. And there are different, uh, different things that you, you know your children, what are the things that they struggle with? You need to have rules within your household. So number one, uh, make the rules and expectations clear and plain. Number two, make the punishment or correction match the infraction. It needs to be just. God is just. He is a just God. When we, when we disobey God, God doesn't just wipe us out. God, God is a very just God. We need to be just. If the rules, in it, if the rules are not just, then that, that causes there to be uh, a great, uh, that will cause a rebellion. But when they're just, they know that they're just. You know, if you speed, everybody chooses whether or not they're going to speed. 
Now, with that, we also know that if we get caught speeding, that we're going to get a ticket. People say, well, you know, nine, you're fine, 10, you're mine. You know, as long as you're under 10 miles an hour uh, over the speed limit, you're okay. But really, the reality is, if we break the speed limit, we're guilty. If I get a speeding ticket, it's not the police officer's fault. Now, I don't have to like it. But the reality is, it's my fault. And the punishment of that is my fault. So, with that... Uh, the punishment, the correction needs to match the infraction. So be just, be just. Uh, direct disobedience in our home was an automatic spanking. Defiance was an automatic spanking. Disrespect, uh, uh, disobedience was an automatic uh, uh, spanking. Disrespect was an automatic spanking. Lying was an automatic spanking. There were some things that if you did these, these were automatic spankings. We didn't even, there was no no need to talk about it. That was just the result. Now, if they were unkind in their words, name-calling, David, what was the infraction? Or what was the punishment? Irish Spring. He said, Pastor, you put soap in his mouth? Absolutely. David, how old are you? 33? 33. He survived. It's okay. That's cruel and unusual punishment. He's not in jail. He's sitting in church on a Sunday night. Praise the Lord. You know, we, we've got to get beyond what somebody said on Facebook. Hello. So be just, though. So lying, uh, it was an automatic spanking. Um, being hateful or ugly uh, in their speech was getting your mouth washed out with soap. Uh, so uh, correction, there needs to be correction. Sometimes it was standing in the corner with your nose in the corner. Right, Rach? Yeah. But there, there was, everything should not be corporal punishment. But at the same time, there needs to be guidelines within the home. And the kids need to know that if I do this and I get caught, that's what's going to happen. Sometimes they know what the punishment was going to be and it was still worth it to them. David's back there grinning. He was like, I, I knew what it was, but it was, it was worth it. But when, when, when there is a known punishment, it's not just surprise. We should never just grab our child and jerk him up and start spanking them. That's, that is not a process of correction. Process of correction is walking th them through what they did. 
helping them understand that they broke the rule, making sure that they understood what the rule was and they understood what the punishment was going to be and understanding that, that when they did wrong, they sinned against God. And there was a whole process, and I'm not going to go through it tonight for time's sake, but there's a whole process of what we went through in trying to help our children uh, to uh, go through. When we corrected them, uh, it wasn't just, uh, just uh, uh, an outburst on our side. There was always a time, a space from when the infraction was and when the correction was. They'd have to go to the room. And they would wait there. Sometimes it wasn't very long. If we were frustrated, it would be a little bit. Why? Because I wasn't gonna, we weren't going to discipline them out of anger. We weren't going to discipline them out of our frustration. So God is, God is just, and God is loving, and God is good, but we've got to make sure that we are allowing his character traits and his guideline to impact us as we are treating our children, as we are rearing our children. He treats us in a certain way. We need to be doing the exact same thing, helping them. So uh, that punishment, it needs to be just. Uh, he said in, in Proverbs nineteen eighteen, chasten thy son while there is hope. There are a lot of parents that know that they are beyond hope. That's sad. We shouldn't ever get to that point. The chastening needs to be done when they are young why? Because there's hope. We are, we are developing them. By the time they're teenagers, there's a different way of dealing with that and correction, and it changes. But while they're small, we've got to make sure that we are following the guidelines that God has given to us. Uh, and if we, uh, we have got to be just, we've got to be consistent. If it's wrong one time and it's not wrong the next time, then, well, I got away with it today. Next time they get hammered. That's not, that's not just. We've got to be consistent. God is always the same. He always treats us the same. So with that, we've got to make sure that we are doing the same thing with our children. They need that. Uh, if you spank for it once, and one time and not for another, you're sending those mixed signals to them. So uh, we need to be just. We need to be consistent. We need to be calm. Do not discipline when angry. Do not discipline because of embarrassment. Do not discipline in front of others. When the kids were small, we'd send them to the bathroom. There was a nice place to sit and to be able to look straight across into their eyes and an opportunity, a, a, a quiet place where we could, uh, we could uh, discipline. 
but uh, be calm, be caring, exhibit love. Hebrews 12, 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So discipline, uh, we, we have to discipline properly, make rules and expectations clear and plain, make punishment, correction, match the infraction, and then lastly, discipline must be given swiftly. The younger the child, the sooner you need to discipline so they know what it was for. If you let it go too long, they have no idea what, what that infraction was for. And so, or what the discipline is for. So you have to have the association of doing wrong and getting disciplined. It needs to be ingrained in their minds. If I do this, I know that I will get this. And that helps them uh, make good decisions. Uh, the, uh, uh, let's see here, I think it's Bethany. Uh, she always says, did we make good decisions today? Are we making good decisions uh, what is she trying to do? She's trying to get the children to recognize that their actions either bring blessings or they also bring uh, a correction. And so helping them understand, it's a decision. Uh, and it's a decision that they make. So uh, make sure that we are, uh, we are uh, disciplining and we are doing so swiftly. And for time's sake, I'm not going to go into how to discipline uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you through what we did. And I'm not saying that we were perfect parents by any means, uh, but we had a process and it worked for us in how we, we disciplined. And, and I think that it would, would give some, uh, some help and some guidance. Those of you that still have small children at home, uh, it is huge. It will be a help to you. Uh, for those that don't have kids, uh, it will definitely be a help to store some things away uh, to help you if the Lord gives you children. Uh, but, but our homes, uh, they call it home. And we need to make sure that our home is what God would want it to be. We've got to follow his guidelines. We need to make sure that we are allowing his word, the instructions that he gives to us, that needs to be the boundaries for what is right, what is wrong. And there are absolutes. And God has given us absolutes. And though the world might try to erase all of the absolutes, God's, God's absolutes are true. And so we need to stay true to them. Father, I do pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for uh, your word. And I pray that you'd help us all uh, to be able to take it and apply it. Help our parents, Lord, to have ears. May we uh, hear the instruction. But may we also have ears uh, to receive it. And so I pray that you'd bless our homes. Help our homes to be what you'd want them to be. Uh, may you be glorified and honored. Uh, by them. May our children uh, experience blessings in their life to come because they were uh, taught right and, and help us, Lord, to be able to see that peaceable fruit of righteousness. And so I pray that you'd work now. Uh, speak to hearts. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's have just a short invitation. The instruments will play.